0: Well, it seems like most of us really love a good makeover. Have you noticed that? That uh, people just seem to love the whole concept of a makeover. There's all kinds of programs now. It started out with extreme makeover where they'd take these kind of maybe unattractive persons and give them all kinds of surgery, whether it's lip surgery and liposuction and all this kind of stuff, and transform them. Then there came the show The Swan. Where they took all of these ladies and and turned these, I don't know, ducks or geese or whatever they were supposed to be into swans. And everyone loved that. Now there's extreme makeover home edition. We even like makeovers when it comes to changing a house. There's just something about that makeover process that we all love. Well, Elaine Young is a woman who... Uh, really loved makeovers. In fact, at the age of 17, she had her first plastic surgery. She had a nose job because she didn't like her nose. And uh, uh, I don't think it worked very well, but um, she changed her nose after the surgery. She still didn't like it. A couple of years later, she decided she wanted to change the appearance of her eyes. So she had eye surgery. And then after that, she still wasn't happy. And so she decided to have monthly silicone injections so that she could have the high cheekbones that she'd always wanted and be this person of beauty. Well, even the silicone injections didn't make her happy. And so over the following years, Elaine Young had 46 more plastic surgeries on virtually every single part of her body that it was possible to have surgeries on. And still, after 46 plastic surgeries, she still didn't like the way that she looked and continued having more surgeries until finally, at the age of 71, she died of complications from another plastic surgery. Just did not like the way that she looked at the very end. She said, I, I'm beginning to think that maybe uh, beauty is an inner job that you'll never be happy with how you look. It's got to come from the inside. Well, uh, probably so. But I think she ended up looking a lot worse by the end of the day uh, than she did at the very beginning. But, you know, it, it's amazing about us as people when it comes to our bodies and our appearance. Because I would suggest that most of us are an awful lot more like Elaine Young than we are unlike Elaine Young. Now, we might not go to the same extremes that she went to, but my guess is there's not a single person sitting here this morning that is completely and totally satisfied with their body. And if there is, would someone care to just give us a display up here? You know, no matter how we look. It seems like there's always something that we don't like about our bodies. I mean, if we're tall, we wish we were short. If we're short, we wish we were tall. If we have straight hair, we want curly hair. If we've got an innie, we want an outie. And if we've got an outie, we want an innie. I mean, it just seems like we pick ourselves apart. There's always something that we don't like. And what's really amazing is even the most beautiful and handsome people in the world Still, don't like parts of their bodies. I mean, you think about people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, just this massive, uh, strong guy. And then you think of people like Sylvester Stallone. He just had plastic surgery. Uh, Even these guys don't like the way they look. There's part of them that bugs them. Then you think of ladies like Cindy Crawford and Claudia Schiffer. I mean, perfection. And yet they've said, and then there, well, then there's, as hard as it is to believe, I don't even like uh, parts of my body. That was Paul's doing there. And uh, Paul has an obsession with me, I guess. It's uh, it's now he's come out of the closet, I guess. But, uh, you know, all of us have something that we don't like about the way we look. Now, have you ever stopped to consider why is that? I mean, why is it that even the most beautiful and attractive people don't like certain parts of their bodies. Well, I think it's because God has created us. God originally created us in a state of absolute perfection and beauty. When God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the paradise of Eden, we as human beings were absolutely perfect, radiating and reflecting the absolute glory and majesty of our creator God. But then as a result of sin, sin came in and began to affect even our perceptions of ourselves and and how we ended up looking and and that kind of thing. But I think in our DNA as creatures, there's this yearning for perfection. I think that's why all of us have this obsession with beauty and perfection and always looking for that perfect look or that perfect place. Because God has created us for perfection, for beauty, for majesty as creatures. But it's been tainted by sin. And it seems like ultimately uh, we recognize that even our physical bodies and the physical planet has been tainted and affected by the fall and by sin. But the good news is a day is coming. When all of us who know Christ will have absolutely perfect, flawless, eternal bodies. And I guarantee you, we'll love them. We're not going to stand in front of a mirror and pick them apart. We're just going to absolutely radiate the glory of God in our new bodies. And this morning, I want us to take a look at what our resurrection body will look like. Because we've talked about after we die, you know, certain things happen. But one of the things that happens is we will be given a glorious, transformed body, just like the body of Jesus Christ when he rose from the dead. And so this morning, I want us to take some time to really talk about what will our bodies be like? What will those glorified, resurrected bodies be like? And so I'd like you to turn with me uh, to First Corinthians, chapter 15. First Corinthians, chapter 15. We're going to be looking this morning at verses thirty five through forty nine. Because in these verses, Paul really gives us, I think, a fairly clear description of what our resurrection bodies will be like. And these are bodies that we will live with eternally in paradise and we will enjoy everything that God has created us for. And so follow along as I read Paul's words in chapter 15, beginning in verse thirty five. Paul is actually responding to a question that someone has about, gee, if we're going to have new bodies, what will they be like? And Paul says, but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it a new body, uh, the new body he wants it to have a different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. Now he gets into our bodies. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness. But they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Now... This is really good news as far as I'm concerned. Paul is really talking here about an extreme, most miraculous kind of makeover that every single one of us who knows Christ will one day experience. It's not just kind of wishing. It's not just pie in the sky. This is absolute reality that we will have these kinds of physical, glorified, tangible bodies to enjoy eternity in. And Paul here, I think, shares with us at least five characteristics of those new bodies that we will have. Five characteristics that we can look forward to in our new glorified bodies when we will spend eternity with Christ and with one another. And the very first characteristic of our our resurrection body is that it will be an imperishable body. It will be absolutely imperishable. Look what Paul says in verse 42. He says the same way with the resurrection of the dead, our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when they die, but they will be raised to live forever. Now, that phrase that they uh, translate here will be planted in the ground originally in the Greek language it's the word uh, perishable. It's the whole idea of a body that decays and that, you know, kind of basically falls apart. As we've talked about in the aging process, our bodies just decay. And in fact, he uses the metaphor of this planting a seed. In in a sense, our bodies now are in the seed stage of life, in a sense. And he talks about they will be planted when we die. And then they we will be raised with imperishable bodies. We will have eternal, glorified bodies that will never, ever rust or never, ever die or age or get diseased. I mean, think about it now. No matter how hard we work at keeping ourselves fit, no matter how many vitamins we take, no matter how often we go to the gym, no matter how serious we are about our diet and nutrition, our bodies still decay. They still get sick. They still get diseased. Because we have perishable bodies, but one of the traits or characteristics of our glorified body is it will be imperishable. It will be eternal, not subject to any kind of decay, not subject to any kind of disease, any kind of pain. I think about having that kind of body where you don't have to even concern yourself with trips to the doctor or taking, you know, preventative medicines, no more high blood pressure medicine, no more insulin for diabetics. Our body will be absolutely imperishable, not subject to any kind of decay, just like the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. One of the characteristics of our new bodies is that they will be imperishable and eternal but there's a second characteristic that we need to be aware of, and that is our resurrection body will be a glorious body. Look what Paul says here in 43 verse 43. He says our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Now, the word brokenness there is kind of interesting because it really is the word dishonor, dishonorable, that our bodies are present earthly bodies are buried in dishonor, but they will be raised in glory. Now, to understand that, uh, think about um, who are some of the most dishonorable or dishonored people that we have in our societies. I mean, when you think about dishonored people, you think maybe of the, the homeless. Few people are treated more poorly or dishonored than the homeless people. Or maybe uh, today uh, the the illegal immigrants are very dishonored people. You see, that word originally referred to people who were slaves or people who didn't have a country of their own. They didn't have any citizenship. They were homeless people. And, And so they were kind of dissed. They were treated very poorly by the people of the country where they were. They were dishonored. And what Paul is saying is in our present physical bodies, we are homeless, in a sense. We were created for Eden. We were created for perfection and paradise. We are created to be full citizens in God's kingdom. But because of sin, we were cast out of our home, the Garden of Eden. And now we are kind of restless people. And we don't have that that home that we were intended to. So in that sense, we are dishonorable, but we will be raised in glory. And glory has to do with being held in the highest esteem, highest honor. When someone is a glorious person, uh, others hold uh, a very high opinion of them. And so Paul says one of the characteristics of our resurrection body is it will be a glorious body. It will radiate the glory of God and the majesty of God who created us. When you think about uh, glorious people, who do you think about? You know, in our society, maybe we think of some of the people like the Sylvester Stallones or, or the stars. You know, we have entire magazines that are dedicated to following the lives of all these glorious, beautiful people that everyone holds in high regard and high esteem. And even though we might say, well, no, I, I really don't. I'm not obsessed with stars or these beautiful people. And yet those magazines sell by the millions because for some reason we're intrigued with these people. They, they kind of, we want to kind of look at their lives. But the, the homeless people, Could you imagine magazines dedicated to featuring the lives of homeless people? I mean, who would buy that? Who would buy a a people magazine that just featured nameless homeless people? We'd never do that because they're total castoffs. They're dishonorable kinds of people. And Paul says that that's how we are right now, in a sense. But one of the characteristics of our glorified body is it will be glorious. It will reflect the glory of God. So it will be imperishable and eternal. It will be glorious, radiating the glory of God. And then the third characteristic is that it will be a powerful body. A powerful body. Look at what Paul says in the second half of verse 43. He says, Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Now, when he says that our bodies are weak, what he's talking about is not only are we subject to aging and decay that way, but we're also very weak in, in the sense that these physical bodies are very susceptible to diseases and to bacteria and all of those kinds of things that that make us sick and ultimately maybe cause us to even die for this physical body to just uh, pass away. And. and When you think about it, just a microscopic bacteria, just the smallest microscopic bacteria can completely lay someone out uh, on their back. I mean, even the strongest people can can be laid out by just a little tiny bug of some sort. Even the most fit athlete, uh, when they run a marathon of 26 miles or so, it takes them days to recover. Because these bodies, these physical bodies, are ultimately very weak and fragile. Even in their very best condition, they're weak and subject to, to all of these diseases and all of these other things. And Paul says our, our resurrection body is going to be a powerful body. In fact, the word that he uses there for strength is actually the word dynamite. It's the idea that our glorified body will be a self-sustaining powerful body that will never tire it will never grow weak it will never be susceptible to any of those things that this current weak physical body is and and we will live in for eternity in that condition you know some people have said or, or wonder you know what will our bodies be like in in the sense of age you know when we're in heaven if we have glorified bodies will we all be the same age I mean, will we all be, you know, 21 or 22 or or something like that? I think it's an interesting question. But I do know that our bodies will be in the absolute prime of our lives. Now, maybe for some of us, we think that our prime was when we were 18 or 21, or maybe some of us are still reaching our prime, you know, 60 or whatever it is. Maybe God will say, well, whatever the prime is to you, that's what your body will be. But uh, I think. Whatever it is, our body will be powerful, just like the body of Jesus Christ that that was able to just move at the speed of thought, really, and just go through walls and show up in different places. That's the kind of body that we will have a powerful, dynamic, strong body. Well, fourthly, our resurrection body will be a spiritual body. It's going to be imperishable and eternal. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be powerful And it's also going to be a spiritual body, no longer a physical body. Look what Paul says here in verses 44 through 46. He says they are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. You see, we are made of the dust of the earth. In a sense, when God created Adam, it says that he made Adam out of the dust of the earth and then blew uh, the, the breath of life into him, blew that spirit of life that animates him into that uh, very organic earthly body. And right now we have bodies that are Essentially made of earthy stuff. In fact, uh, doctors tell us and scientists tell us that our body is 75% or more of just water. 75% of our body is just water and the rest is dust. And when we are buried in the earth, we literally become dust again. That's what this earthy physical body is. But Jesus Christ was not made of the dust of the earth. Jesus Christ is an eternal, self-existent, life-giving spirit. He was never created out of anything. And so he has a spiritual body. And what Paul is saying is just like Jesus had a spiritual body that wasn't made of earthly things that are subject to decay, we will have a spiritual body. But again, using that metaphor of the seed, we have this natural body that will be planted. We have to have that first. And then after we die and when we are resurrected with Christ, then we will be given that glorified spiritual body where we can truly exist and and function in an eternal state in paradise. So we will have a spiritual body just like Christ instead of this earthly body. And then finally, the fifth characteristic of our resurrection bodies is that they'll bear the image of the heavenly. Our bodies will ultimately bear the image of the heavenly. Look what, again, Paul says, beginning in verse 47. He says, Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. I mean, the fifth characteristic is that we will bear the image of the heavenly. We will bear that image of Jesus Christ in our, in our glorified bodies. And we will live that way forever. You see, Paul says that our future resurrection body will be a spiritual heavenly kind of body, not just an earthly body. Now, to me, this is a pretty extreme makeover that we're all going to experience. We will be given imperishable, eternal bodies that will never die, never decay, never be diseased. There'll be glorious bodies that will radiate the glory of God. We will have uh, powerful bodies Self, kind of self-powering, dynamic bodies that will never break down. We will have uh, spiritual bodies made for that uh, eternity in heaven. And we will have bodies that bear the image of the heavenly rather than just the earthly. Now, I don't know about you, but there are few things to me more unattractive than tulip bulbs. Have you ever... Spend any time planting tulips or tulip bulbs? I mean, tulip bulbs are pretty ugly things. And you wonder, how in the world can anything good come out of something that ugly? But, you know, you take those tulip bulbs and you plant them, and an amazing transformation takes place. Out of that ugliness comes some of the most beautiful, colorful flowers, tulips. It's an amazing kind of transformation. Now, it's the same stuff. It's the same material. The bulb and the flower are the same essence. But you bury that tulip bulb, and from that tulip bulb comes these beautiful tulips. It's an amazing process. And for us right now, we are in the bulb stage of life. We are kind of like tulip bulbs right now. But one day, we are going to be tulips in a sense. Uh, we're going to have this amazing transformation that takes place and we will be given new glorified bodies that will be amazingly beautiful, uh, perfectly uh, created for eternity and in that spiritual state. And so we need to remind ourselves that uh, though we might not like the way that we look, we might not like, you know, the little ripples here and there. Uh, just remind yourself you're a bulb. You know, and look at how those look. I mean, you know, they're not all that attractive. They kind of have that shape, you know. Well, I'm a bulb, you know. I'm not a tulip yet. But we've got to bear in mind that that is one of the benefits. That when we die, it's not the end for us. But that we will be transformed and be given these powerful, glorious bodies. That we will uh, rejoice in. That we will live in. We'll play in. We'll relate in. That they will be perfect. For us now, let me just share two action steps with you this morning. And the first one is this, you know, as we take communion this morning, uh, allow the bread and the cup to remind you that because of Jesus Christ, life and death, we have this promise of glorified bodies. We have this promise of rising from the dead, even as he did, and that we will have these these perfect bodies. But it's only because of Christ. And what he did for us on our behalf. And the second action step is, is this. Why not uh, go out and buy a couple of tulip bulbs? Maybe carry a tulip bulb with you from time to time. And just every time you feel that tulip bulb or set it on your desk or something, let it remind you, OK, I'm not perfect. You know, there are things that I don't like, but that's because I'm a bulb right now. And one day I'm going to be a tulip. M- maybe you uh, if you're kind of more of a glasses half full kind of person, uh, maybe you want to put a picture of a tulip. You know, just clip out a picture of a tulip and put it on your mirror, on your rearview mirror or somewhere where you see it and, and just allow that to remind you that you are in the process of being transformed and that one day you will receive this glorified body that you will live in forever and ever and ever in an absolute perfection and that God is doing that for us because of Christ. So let's pray and pray that we wouldn't be so obsessed with our physical bodies right now and just, you know, so concerned about those things that we don't like because we're in the process of being changed. And one day we'll have the body that God originally created us to have. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for Jesus and what he did on our behalf. And Father, we thank you that because he rose from the dead, we will rise also. Because he had a glorified body, we will have a body just like his. Father, we pray that you would help us not to be so obsessed with these physical bodies, but that we would truly begin focusing on the spiritual and recognizing that even though we struggle now, the day is coming when we will have absolutely perfect bodies that we will live in forever and ever with you. And we give you great thanks for that and that promise